Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine issues at the intersection of digital media and the arts. My name is Cheyenne Homan, and in this episode, we'll be talking with Brian Fu, who is in the middle of a project he calls the Data-Driven DJ. Each month, he comes out with a new piece, which combines data, algorithms, audio samples, and visuals to tell a story. Uh, my name is Brian Fu. I'm still trying to figure out how I should identify myself. Um, I basically do programming and art, but I guess I identify first as an artist, but I use a lot of programming uh, in my work. And I guess during the day, I make web apps for the New York Public Library. Oh, cool. We had another NYPL guest a while ago. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, from the Rogers and Hammerstein mm. archive, which was fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So um, how long have you been interested in combining data with sound? So this has been my year-long project starting at the beginning of this year. So my goal was to learn how to make music in a year, trying to use my existing skill sets and interests, that being programming and data. And that was mostly because I just had no idea where to start learning how to make music. So I just decided to just see if I could kind of force my existing skills into creating music. So that's kind of when it started this early this year. Has it been satisfying or, or more difficult than you thought it would be? Uh, both. It, I think it is satisfying because of the challenge. Uh, I think part of the reason why I started it was because I was kind of not very satisfied with um, existing ways in which data has been sonified. And, and that's mostly because it's, it's extremely difficult. There's not really any, uh, a, a lot of existing work out there compared to like data visualization. So the challenge of turning data into music specifically is, is just an interesting challenge that I, I decided to, to take on. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems definitely related to sort of the infographic uh, approach to explaining large data sets. And I'm wondering um, if you had a concept or if you were trying to think about logistically how you could achieve that in a purely sonic way, because these are videos or they, or they have some visual element to them still. Yeah, and that was the tough thing for me because initially I wanted to, wanted it just to be um, an audio project, uh, but I found that it was a little difficult to uh, give context uh, with just the audio. So adding in the visual component uh, gives a little extra context for the listener. But I, I did want it so that the music can stand alone, or once you knew the context, you could just listen to the music um, and and be able to interpret the data through the sounds that you hear. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the interesting or the unique aspect of, of why I wanted to use music to express data, because uh, I, think, I think music gives an extra aspect to, to data consumption that I, that I wish data visualization or charts was able to give, which is like, how should I feel about the data or how I should intuitively or viscerally feel about the data. Um, and yeah, as an artist, you know, kind of data visualization didn't really do it for me. It's definitely really good for accuracy and efficiency in terms of communicating data, but it lacks in more of like a, a visceral or intuitive understanding. 
Um, so I think that's where, you know, something like sound or music would come in to, to interpreting data. When you first talked about the project a, a moment ago, you described it as being a year long. Are you doing one of these a month and you'll continue until the end of the year? Or do you think you'll continue this beyond that deadline? Um, so my general pace has been one track per month. Some has taken a little less, some ta- some is taking a little more. So I may will probably go over a year. Uh, but yeah, my goal was to make 12 tracks within approximately a year. What other types of art have you experimented with or or engaged in previously? You said this is your first foray into sonic, like, musical art. Primarily a visual artist uh, before this. So that's everything from traditional painting. So I did, like, watercolor and ink drawings. And I did some generative art through computing. Uh, I did one project where I tried to imagine people as computer algorithms that drew portraits of themselves. Basically, I tried to take their personality and figure out how their personality would draw lines to create a portrait of themselves. So it's kind of like a like a meta-portrait project. And that's kind of where I started to use uh, programming a lot more uh, in, in my work, or it's try, trying to merge those two parts of my um, my brain, I guess. Cool. So you think it grew out of that portrait project? Uh, yeah. It, well, I guess it grew out of like this. Uh, I started to because I think beforehand I kind of kept my art, my art life, and my programming life uh, separate. But once I started to merge the two, it kind of opened up a lot of other opportunities or kind of different ways of thinking and. Um, yeah, that definitely laid the the groundwork for being able to do this this uh, music project. Yeah, so a couple of the ones that you know have kind of hit the the social media the rounds have dealt with things like um, air pollution and income disparity. So, mm-hmm. w- why do you choose these kinds of data sets to work with? I mean, a lot of it just comes out of personal interest because uh, a big aspect for each of these songs starts with just a research project. I'm basically learning about the data, I'm learning about the issues, um, and that's something that I've always wanted to take time to actually do formal research on. So making it into a project kind of gave me the space and time to actually learn learn a lot about these things that, you know, I, I kind of knew generally what these issues were about, but I didn't really know I guess, the full breadth of, of the issues and, and what types of data are out there. It stems from just personal interests. I've always been interested in this idea of, like, you know, how can my art kind of communicate complex issues or try to have an impact on these issues? And, yeah, kind of combining that computer science, information science with, with art in interesting ways. Yeah, do you know of anyone else doing any kind of similar data, what did you say, sonification? <laughs> there has been um, some existing work out there that has definitely been inspirations for me. The main frustration I had with existing data sonification or, or whatever you want to call it is that they typically sound like data, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. So. So it, it's, it's almost like somebody tried to translate a chart into sound. Mm. And, and I guess my question for that is, like, why would you do that when you could just have a chart? You know, because a chart is obviously much more immediate and easy and clear, uh, whereas uh, sound is much more ambiguous or there's many different ways to map data to, to sound. So, so the question is, yeah, like, 
I think it's it creates an interesting sound if you like just map certain values to notes or or different dynamics or or whatever. But thinking more in terms of how the listener feels from listening to that to that particular song, because uh, I think that's what music has an advantage on, on for other types of medium is is that it it's able to manipulate your mood and and it kind of gives you a curated experience. Um, in this case, around a particular issue. So that's that's kind of what drew me to taking this approach uh, rather than kind of what what already has uh, has been done. How do you determine what sort of aesthetic you're going to attach to a certain set of data? Is that just a purely aesthetic decision, or do you ever have kind of a like a feeling in mind when you're going into these projects? Yeah, I, I try to in the beginning of each, of each project. Uh, I, I try to think about what types of sounds or what types types of sound samples is most appropriate for the particular issue or subject. For example, like the one about air pollution, um, I thought something like Nine Inch Nails, something kind of grungy or like industrial rock, uh, would be a good type of sound uh, with a lot of like distortion. Something like uh, the song I did about uh, refugee movement. Uh, around the world. I was listening to a podcast about how American country music is very popular in different parts of the world, even if they don't speak uh, English, because it has the sound of nostalgia or it has this kind of longing for some past or or some idea of home, which is is kind of very appropriate for somebody who's been displaced. So yeah, I try to kind of think about what what is the right types of sounds and what types of samples uh, uh, would be most appropriate, and then and then uh, work from there. Yeah, so where do you mine your samples from? All over the place. I mean, I think the good thing about the, the internet now, it's like, it's like that's kind of the, the new record store where I could kind of just try to search around uh, either, you know, YouTube or, or kind of like free repositories of sound, but it's it's pretty challenging to find the right sounds. So yeah, it, it, it really differs from, from track to track. The one about uh, refugee movement, yeah, I just looked for different country music artists who had the steel guitar. I typically try to find songs that have a very isolated sound so I could more easily sample it. But yeah, it's mostly just like listening to a lot of stuff and just like just spending a, a ton of time trying to find the right sounds on the internet. But you're working from a preconceived emotion or feel that you you're going for. Yeah, it's it mostly arises from just my research time when I'm reading about different issues. You know, I I, I try to um, find the right artist or find the right song that is very close to the subject. That's kind of how I how I approach it. Can you talk about the one that you're working on right now, <laughs> or is that a spoiler? <laughs> oh no, no. So yeah, right now, so the the one I'm working on right now is about diversity in Hollywood in terms of gender and race, uh, and I'm thinking not only actors and actresses, but also producers, directors, and writers. Right now, I'm looking at the past 20 years of blockbuster movies. So I'm defining blockbuster movies as like the the highest grossing films in the past 20 years. So I basically started to uh, scrape IMDB data and try to collect all the names of the people who are either the main actors and actresses or the primary production staff, so producers, directors, and writers. So the the kind of 
challenge in terms of the data is that the race information isn't readily available in any of these databases. So I'm thinking of trying to uh, crowdsource that data. It's about like 7,000 people that I need to categorize. But the idea is that I want to try to communicate the diversity or the lack thereof, or probably lack thereof, of mainstream Hollywood movies. I haven't thought too much about what it would sound like, but I think I wanted to have this idea of kind of correlating the diversity in Hollywood with the diversity of sounds uh, in that particular song. So if, if there's not a lot of diversity, the song will sound very monotonous and, and dull and repetitive. Uh, and if and when it does become more diverse, then you could kind of start to add more complex sounds, melodies, kind of pleasant harmonies and stuff like that uh, is, is generally how I'm thinking of approaching it. Uh, of the ones that you've done so far, do you have a favorite or maybe one that you think has been particularly effective in communicating the idea that you were going after? I think the first one that I did, the, the one about income inequality, I think was pretty effective. I, I think it's also very close to me because I, I live in New York City and I, I do ride that train. And I have gotten a lot of feedback in terms of people who do ride that train, uh, like kind of know exactly where in the song they they get off on the train and they can see just by who leaves or enters the train that that kind of correlates to to the different sounds in the song. I think the one about the refugee movement uh, was also pretty successful in terms of both communicating the emotion, I guess, or, or, or the complex, trying to balance, like trying to make a, a pleasant sounding song with a very difficult, complex issue. Um, that's kind of haunting. So I think that was successful in that way. So have a lot of people gotten in touch with you asking how they could do something like this or asking you like technical questions about what you do? Yeah, so actually there's this professor in Canada who's an archaeologist uh, and is a professor of digital humanities. And he actually started to use my code because my code is, is open source to sonify some of the, the research that he's working on or some of the data that he's working on. Uh, and I think what was interesting about that is that he actually used the code from my um, uh, song about income inequality on the New York City subway. But he kind of transformed, uh, I guess, how it was used because he used it for a very different type of data uh, and was able to sonify a particular route in um, Great Britain, I guess, various the, the number of artifacts uh, that that was that exists in that particular data set uh, in that way, and he was able to change the sounds, kind of change out. I guess I had like um, uh, like clarinets and and uh, vocal samples, and he replaced it with like ancient, you know, horn sounds and stuff like that. So I think that was that was definitely something that I thought uh, was really cool in terms of being able to kind of put these tools out there and, and have it transformed in ways that I didn't anticipate. When you're done with these 12, do you think you'll continue or do you think you'll just kind of leave it as this was a year's worth of work and here it is for you to see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm the type of person that needs like a very finite um, amount of time to work on something. Um, and I, I, I like all of my projects to have a component in which I'm learning something new this process or, or this kind of um, idea of generating music from, from data is something that I'll continue to do, but it may 
it may manifest in, in different ways. Uh, I, the next project I was thinking possibly would start to incorporate more video, uh, which, which would include a, a sound component, so more of like an audio-visual data like music video or something like that. It will be finite, but it will be another tool that I could use for for future projects. I really appreciate you taking the time out this afternoon to talk to me about this. This is really, really cool. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Radio Free Culture is produced by WFMU and the Free Music Archive. Our theme song this week is The Spider-Man's Nano Loop by Uncle Bibby, which can be found at freemusicarchive.org under a Creative Commons Attribution License. To hear Brian's songs or see more of his work, visit datadrivendj.com. <laughs>